There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying. There's no crying, sir. She's crying. League of Their Own, 30th anniversary. Up next. Welcome back to Nerds New Cool Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm here with my co-host, John. What's up, everybody? And our frequent guest, Brian. Hello. Great to have you back. Thank you. Today we are talking about a movie that I think most people know incredibly well and just keeps getting better and every single time I see and it. And if you and if you don't, <laughs> you need you need to yeah, see it. Yeah, what the hell are you thinking? So yeah. this is A League of Their Own. It's the 30th anniversary of A League of Their Own. Let's do a real quick, we're going to jump into the categories here, but before we do that, it's important to talk about like what a League of Their Own is. And here's the IMDb breakdown. It says, two sisters join the first female professional baseball league and struggle to help it succeed amidst their own growing rivalry. Debuted July 1st, 1992, and has a runtime of two hours and eight minutes. So, Lambert, i got to ask you first. When I say League of Their Own, what do you think of? Tom Hanks. Yeah. And Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> All right. And yeah, just, I mean, I don't recall seeing this in the theaters. I'm pretty sure I did not. I'm pretty sure the first time I saw it was on some kind of network or HBO or whatever. Um, but it's definitely a movie that I've seen. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen it because it's one of those that like, if it's on, you're watching it just because like everybody is, it's a very, very well-made movie. Yeah. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I agree. Uh, I did see it in theaters, and I distinctly remember going to see it because it was a Tom Hanks movie, and when I got out, I realized that it wasn't really much of a Tom Hanks movie. It was a Tom yeah, Hanks vehicle. Right. But uh, as far as the movie itself goes, it was uh, about so much more. Yeah, he was ancillary. Yes. Important, but not like the focus. Correct, yeah. Well, I just said to my wife today when, when we were rewatching it for like the umpteenth time, I don't remember the last time I actually watched it completely all the way through or when it wasn't like on television with right. commercials. You just happened upon it. And it really just captivated me the entire time. Generally nowadays, I don't know about you guys, when you watch films or whatever, uh, I'm kind of like half on the phone, half mm -hmm. watching the, the thing that's happening unless I'm in the theater. And I just put my phone down. I was like, I am like super captivated by everything that's going I, on here. I was too. And, and I had the... the, the unique thrill of watching it for the first time through my 18-year-old daughter's eyes, and she had never watched it from front to back, and I saw her do the same thing. She put her phone down. At one point, my wife and I were both laughing hysterically at something pretty early on, and we looked over at her, and she was on her phone. I was like, Grace, did you see that? No, what did I miss? All right, time to put the phone down. She put the phone down, and didn't pick it back up for the rest of the movie, and it was it was awesome that to says, see. That says a lot. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really a movie about. I mean, sure, it's a movie about baseball, but it's really not about that. I mean, it's about rivalries. It's about sisterhood. It's about doing your part during the war. It's about you know female roles at the time and how they were changing. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of different layers to this film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's also the the. There are a couple of queer icons in the movie, Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna. I mean, it, it, for Pride Month, it was kind of a funny 
uh, coincidence uh, to, to watch that and, and think of it uh, through those terms, uh, which my daughter was one to point out. Yeah, which is great. And you think about, as you mentioned, like Tom Hanks, this wasn't a Tom Hanks movie. This is a female empowerment movie. And there happen to be male, like ancillary characters that pop in and do funny things, mm-hmm. right? It was almost like they were the comic relief. They were, yeah. Squiggy, you had John, John Lovitz. Lovitz. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about Lovitz later on. <laughs> yeah, we will. So I think before we kind of move on to the film, it is important to talk about a little bit about the history of the All American Girls Professional Baseball League, which is also called the AAGPBL. <laughs> a lot of I, letters. It's easier to say the words. It's, right? like <laughs> easier, to, it's easier to sing the song. Um, so this was actually founded by Philip K. Wrigley. So uh, he's called Walter Harvey in, in, in the movie, which is one of the only actual major changes they make. Like the hist- Historically, it's pretty accurate. And this league existed from 43 to 54. The slogan. What do you guys think about the slogan? Do or die. That's it. I think we could have done better. I think yeah. we could have done better. But it it's is. A little, it's a little dramatic. It is a little bit dramatic. I, I think you got to think. I'm, I'm sure they're doing that a little bit about like the you know it's wartime. It's wartime. Everything was a poster. Everything right. was life and death. Everything was rosy. Support, you have to support do this, your country. Right? Come watch us right. play baseball. Yeah. Sure. Damn it. And at a time where people were willing to sacrifice for the greater mm-hmm. good, or what they believed to be the greater good. Yeah. Well, I, I think we can agree this is pretty much like the forerunner of women's professional sports in the U.S. Um, definitely as far as like an organized league is concerned. Yeah. Over 600 women played in the league, which actually consisted of 10 teams all throughout the Midwest. In 1948, league attendance peaked at over 900,000 spectators, which, I mean, if you think about like a, a professional team now, like the Cardinals, how many they bring in a year as far as fans. Three right? million. Three million, right? 900,000 back in the late 40s for a 10-team league is pretty incredible. Well, and what percentage of the country was away at war? Yeah. Right. at the time or or otherwise otherwise indisposed occupied. with the war effort yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh the most successful team the rockford peaches won a league best four championships so those of you again that we got this is of course a spoiler if you if you haven't seen this movie what the hell are you doing watch the movie then come back yeah, yeah. but despite not winning in the movie like we wanted them to they did win the most so at least they got that. good for mm-hmm. them they got that um, and actually, the tryouts were held at Wrigley Field in Chicago. So if you see like some of the scenes, they're actually jumping into like the Ivy, the Ivy yeah. Yep. And that was actually when, where it was really, really held. And it was basically scouted amateur softball games across the country. Over 200 women tried out, and about 60 were selected for the league. And uh, also, like the major leagues, the males, uh, the girls' league was also it wasn't it wasn't formally, but it was informally segregated. And they do kind of allude to they, that. They, Gave a nod to segregation, yeah. I think, uh, there. So, accuracy. How accurate do we think this is? I, Shooting because I never hip? knew the story. Yeah. Because I never knew the story before I saw this movie, which is a shame about our education system, uh, one could argue. I found it to be exceptionally accurate because I have no idea what was real or not real, and it felt real enough. To make it real to me, yeah, I would say I would max out at fifty percent accuracy. Oh, the cynicism in you! And Hollywood is bullshit. I think most of these movies are pretty (laughs) well. So here's kind of the thing: everything I just said is pretty much you could say you could say something is based on a true story, and one percent of it can be true. That's that's totally true. Well, in this instance, it's actually pretty accurate. Everything I just mentioned is pretty much lined out in the film, right? 
that's all 100 percent true except for we changed harvey to or from we changed wrigley to harvey um the only main difference is the the actual players are for the most part fictional so the names of the players the names of the players right and actually the main character Dottie, she is based on the real life player dorothy cammy kamensky she played for the peaches as an outfielder not a catcher but she's also freaking amazing she had over almost 4000 at bats and struck out only 81 times <laughs> fucking <laughs> insane she was named the league's all-star team every year of its ex- of its existence. So unlike the movie, she well, sticks she around one year. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's basically the biggest badass of the entire the entire league. Um, baseball Hall of Fame, male baseball Hall of Fame members Max Carey and Jimmy Fox managed teams in the uh, AAGPBL. I'm not going to remember. <laughs> it's a You're, very no. It's a yeah. very long acronym. In the league. Yeah, in the league, right? Jimmy Dugan, who again. Tom Hanks. He was loosely based on Fox's tenure in the league. However, um, some of the players said that unlike Hanks's character in the movie, Fox was very gentlemanly. <laughs> he wasn't. And he wasn't a fall down drunk. He wasn't a drunk. Yeah, he may have been a drunk, but he was gen- <laughs> he was gentlemanly about it. He was. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, believe it or not, there was in fact a charm and beauty school that all of the players had to go to. They were sent to Helena Rubinstein Beauty Salon to be made over, and they also attended her evening charm school after afternoon practices where they learned about etiquette hygiene and the dress code which is pretty crazy <laughs> the dress code which they forced upon them. and they do also address that no pun intended there the racing bells did in fact take the championship in 1943 but they beat the kenosha comets not the peaches the peaches mm. yeah you couldn't you, could, you had to have them go to the championship obviously um the overhand pitching style that we see actually wasn't commonplace until 1948. Before that, it was mostly underhand, and pr- for the most part, because most of the, most of the females that were recruited to play yeah, were fast pitch softball. softball yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And lastly, what's fun, and I kind of went back and tried to count. It was r- really way too many, but a lot of the fans um, that you kind of see like throughout the entire film, as well as near the end at the Hall of Fame, uh, and also the game that they're playing. Those are all real members of the league. Oh, cool. So they're like kind of the one at the very very end. Yep. Okay. That part I I gathered. I I mean I, I felt that they were. The yeah. real players, but they're sprinkled throughout the rest of the film too. So mm-hmm. they do really good a good job of like acknowledging the, the the former players that are still we're still living when this was filmed. So, all right, on to the categories. BS rankings. Rotten Tomatoes gives it eighty percent, and IMDb gives it a seven point three. High or low? I think low. I totally agree. After watching it again last night, it was yeah. It should be higher than I mean. We were laughing from the beginning to the end. I mean, nineties. I don't know, but like mid to high eighties. For especially when talking about Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, ex- I, would, ex- I, would I expect go. it to be in the eights for sure with uh, MDB. All right, the Tarantino Award for writing. We've got Kim Wilson and Kelly Candele who wrote the story. It's pretty much all they wrote. <coughs> and we also had uh, Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel who wrote the screenplay. They these two pretty much wrote together. They wrote Splash, Multiplicity, Where the Heart Is, Parenthood, City Slickers. There you go. So of all those I just named, as well as a League of Their Own, what's their best? What's their best writing? Uh, contribution. Splash. Splash is pretty great. Splash or Parenthood. Mm. Parenthood was, I mean, spawned an entire series. Is a movie that is so uncomfortable to watch <laughs> over and over again that I can't, I, uh, I can't watch it. I mean, I got to give nine to multiplicity because well, yeah, that's, that's my favorite movie on this list. Yeah, but, oh, okay. that's mine too. But admittedly, I can tell you it's probably not the best written one. 
It is kind of clever though. It's I've clever, but it. yeah, it's not. It's not very well. I think that this I mean, is a, well written. I think this is a well written film, League of Their Own. But I think that the fact that they change so many things, I, I guess, could, could go for or against it. Yeah, I was feeling that there were a few things that just, and it could have been through the editing, could have been through the screenplay that that just kind of we lost track of, and it, it was more convenient to have it just go away than. I've got a few storylines that, for some reason, I don't know why they just gave up on. We're going to talk yeah, about that later. There's some, there's some parts I'm like, why? Why'd you make yeah, that decision? I, mean, I don't understand. John Lovitz just disappears, <coughs> and that seemed like such a so great, he's so great easy thing. Tom yeah. Hanks character. I mean, I get arc, it. He's uh, a scout, so like once he's yeah. done scouting, like teams are formed. Right. His his job is done technically. True. So anyways, we'll talk about it later. Okay. All right. Well, the next category: Spielberg Award for directing. So we got to talk about Penny Marshall. Now, when you say when I say Penny Marshall, we're all going to probably have initial reactions of who we, or how we remember her from. It's probably this one for me. <laughs> yeah, Brian, Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley, right? Well, that too. Well, Happy Days first, and then Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, so Penny Marshall has like a crazy resume. If you look at like all the things she's done and come from, I mean, you're talking about yeah, first gets started in television, um, then she gets direct starts directing, and she starts directing because she directed a few episodes of of Laverne and Shirley. Mm-hmm. That was kind of how she got. Hey, within her first directing, her first movie she directed. Anybody, anybody have a guess? Was it big? Was not big. It's pretty close. Hmm. It's Peggy Sue got married. Ooh. Oh, there you go. Yeah, right. So, which is I think kind of underrated a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then she jumps into Jumpin' Jack Flash again. No pun intended. Gotcha. And then eventually makes her way to Big, which is definitely where like she gains like crazy notoriety. Um, and uh, do we know who she's married to, or was married to? No. No. Rob Reiner. Married to Rob Reiner. Fun fact. At some Currently point. or at some no. point? She passed away She's a couple dead, years ago. She so. well, I understand <laughs> that, but you know what I mean. I don't know if she m- was married to him for her entire career, but she was married to him at some point. Okay. So here so here are the films that she's directed. Which makes sense. I mean, with the All in the Family connection yeah. and all of that. So. Well, you know, let's, let's table this when we get to the category of uh, kind of our, our peak as far as uh, Penny Marshall, but... Just got to obviously RIP, but give some nods. Kind of a fun little interesting story about I mean, her career in entertainment to eventually kind of becoming known as a director, but coming from the acting, the acting world. All right. Now we have to make some choices. So <laughs> mm-hmm. this is an ironic title. Uh, this is the Tom Hanks Award for Best Leading Role. And up against Tom Hanks, who plays Jimmy Dugan, we also have Gina Davis, who plays Dottie Henson. So who's the best? I'll give you my vote. I, I actually think Gina Davis, like... First of all, she's believable as a fucking badass athlete in this movie. Uh, she is a fucking badass yeah. athlete. She was uh, an alternate for the Olympic archery team. Yeah. So, Well, I, I mean, it shows. You just can tell her athleticism. And um, I think she kind of commands the scene she's in with Tom Hanks. Don't get me wrong. Tom mm-hmm. Hanks is incredible. But, he, again, I think it's because he's written more like the comic relief, whereas Gina Davis is like the leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gina Davis is written as the lead. Yeah. So I p- yeah. kind of put Tom Hanks in there because it's kind of hard to <laughs> not put Tom Hanks. As the he's in a lot of the movie. Yeah, yeah. If we and look he's at probably who? top build. I don't know. You'd have to look at the movie poster, but I'm sure. I, I don't know if he. Maybe uh, it's probably one of the two. He might get top billing on this. I'm not sure. When I think of the lead, I think Quick of research. who who makes the biggest change, who has the biggest personal growth, and that, and that would be in the film. Hanks. Yeah. So, so Gina has a little bit. Because she 
It, it, well, she she kind of she, she doesn't really have a little bit doing she, exactly what she planned to do with right her life. she plays baseball and then it's like she no I want to quit for it's fun like, and then, no just kidding I'm not quitting I got to play baseball okay I'm gonna come back for one game and then I'm gonna quit again and I'm gonna quit again yeah I mean I think she has a decent story arc I, I do think that she does Tom Hanks definitely has more of like a redemption story whereas Gina Davis she's just I, I don't know she I think that she <laughs> She's I don't, got I don't, the arc with her sister. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about that yet because I got I got a lot of fucking nits to pick with that one because that oh, one boy. that one yeah. that fucking yeah. pisses me off a lot. But right, that's yeah. writing right there. That is that's some interesting writing. Um, Tom Hanks is top build, followed by Gina Davis, and the third one. Any guesses? Madonna. It is Madonna. It is <laughs> that's definitely good. Madonna. You yeah. gotta go. I mean, yeah. Trying Especially to at that movie, time, Rosie Madonna. never had a TV show yet. And Madonna's point, Madonna so. at that in early nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, She's well, on fire. Well, I think we got to go with Gina Davis on this one. Let, next category, other four Jacksons. We got because now you're talking about Madonna. So these are secondary characters. We have got Madonna, who plays May. May Mortabito is her last name. All the way May. All the way May. All the as, way we, May. as we know lovingly, Lori Petty plays Kit Keller, and Rosie O'Donnell plays Doris Murphy. Any? Uh, I, I mean, like Rosie for this one. Yeah, I, I just like, I like Madonna Rosie. for this one. Okay. I do not like Lori Petty for this one. <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to like it. I like that Lori Petty was a lot. too long. I like Lori Petty. No, not for me. But I don't like Kit. In what? In Tank Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, Are we going to go to... No. It's the only other Lori Petty movie you know. Uh, Yo, she's also the, in... The, the she, Point Break. Yeah, she's in Point... Oh, she's great in Point Break. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she was also in Orange is the New Black. Really good That's character. Not, yeah, I couldn't get it's through not a that. movie. All right, so... I think that Madonna probably has to take this award, but I do think I, I would argue that Rosie O'Donnell though stands r- or holds her own against well, her. She, in she absolutely does. I, they, but if you're asking me what my yeah. who my favorite yeah. is, it's Madonna. Nothing against Rosie, but yeah, I yeah. agree with you on Lori. Uh, again, nothing against Lori Petty, but Kit Keller's just she's kind of annoying. Yeah, quit being a little. Okay, we, exactly. We're gonna I, we're gonna hold <laughs> okay. that. Okay, hold that for a little bit. We're getting gotcha. to it. Backup singers, next category. So these are the deep cut characters, and there are a lot actually. So we've got Anne Cusack, who plays Shirley Baker, and yes, she is in fact related to John and Joan, so she's a sibling. David Strathairn, who plays Ira Lowenstein. I mean, listen, I'm about to rattle off some big ones. Gary Marshall, who plays Walter Harvey, which I believe is Penny Marshall's dad, right? John Lovitz. Brother? Is it brother? I thought so. Might be brother. We're going to do some research in the meantime. But either way, John Lovitz plays Ernie Cappadino. Uh, Bill Pullman plays Bob Hinson. And Taya Leone, who you can catch yeah. in a few scenes, especially in the finals, plays racing first base. Oh. <laughs> not, yeah. e- not, even, not even name. Yeah. Brother. Brother. Sorry about that, Gary. Brother. Okay. So of all these so people, I mean. He look, passed away in 16. So okay, rest right. in peace. RIP as well. So any, <clears throat> and, uh, right out the gate. Who are we thinking for best backup? Gary There's some Marshall. good ones on here. Love it. I, I think for body of work, it's got to be Gary Marshall. I'm just talking about this movie. Oh, if we're just talking about this movie, I. That's a, yeah. Well, for this movie, love it. For body of work, <laughs> Gary Marshall. But I, I think you got to put David Strathairn in there yeah, too. Yeah, David Strathairn is a lot of stuff. He's, great. He's that guy who was in that thing. He's he's the that guy. <laughs> he's yeah, the yeah, definition he of that guy. Him and Joey Pants are those are the, that that guy. Yeah, yeah. there are a million things. Okay, and I think that's Tobolowsky. fair. L- Lovitz with uh, Gary Marshall slash Straight there into some uh, honorable mentions. The John Williams category for music. So, I just wanted. I mean, Hans Zimmer has done okay. some incredible things. So here's kind of a list, and I'm just curious what you guys think as far right. as what's his best. Hmm, your perhaps. favorite movie? Driving Miss Daisy. 
Which, which one? Oh, I don't know which one you're talking about yet. Backdraft. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him. Oh, Uh-oh. yes. <laughs> ba- Brian. Brian's favorite movie. Backdraft. Batman. Mask <sighs> of the Phantasm. Twister. Face Off. Gladiator. Finding Nemo. And Inception. Those are, uh, that's a, first of all, that's a wide variety of types of films. Yeah, it there. is. Yes. I mean, there's not many people that can do a Finding Nemo and then also a, a, a Gladiator, like on their resume, with Face Off. <laughs> with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, so as far as like best, best overall music, I mean, the music in this movie is pretty fantastic, but mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to to say Gladiator or Inception don't win that one, right? Uh, I, that's just my, that's my personal opinion. I don't know. Finding Nemo, maybe. Like, it, it, it drives that movie. Or I'd have, to, I'd have to watch that again. Yeah. Um, the, but we're, we're, it's not Face Off? It's not. No. <laughs> okay. Face Off wins I mean, nothing. All right. Oh. It's well, okay. Razzies. Uh, Backdraft, the music is pretty great, but I, I think I'm the only one in the world that likes the movie Backdraft. Uh, you Megan can hang out with Megan loves it. She, okay, great. Megan so Terry loves it She will watch it, it anytime it's on. Always on. I walk, walk yeah. out and it's like, yeah. uh, really, we're watching this again? We're going to do a date We night saw it in the theaters. Terry and Megan, and, yeah. all, and all three of us will be sobbing. I will be sorry. And then, like, me, Brian, and Janet can just be in the back drinking. Can you we guys? go watch Pitch Perfect? Then? <laughs> Janet's in for that. <laughs> I okay, love we can Pitch watch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. <laughs> it's I, so I'm, good. I'm a fan as well. All right, perfect. We'll make it a date. Okay, uh, okay. Perfect. Next category. So, scenes to nerd out on. So, I, I'm i sure you guys have more to add on here. I've only got a handful. All, um, of, them. All of them, yes. There are a lot of great yeah. scenes. And some of these are kind of longer. They come one after the other after the other. It's like, as soon as you think. Yeah, there's, oh, God, there's like little great. ones, and then yeah. there's just like entire sequences yeah i think that was my biggest challenge was like breaking mm-hmm. these up into individual scenes because i didn't want to have like 75 on here it was more like i grouped yeah. them together so i've got first off just the whole lovitz introduction and i have that entire scene going all the way to where they're chasing them down on the train yeah like that entire part i think is uh and you could even like i mean you got to throw in there like also and i, I guess that takes us to bring in marla hooch as well mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. That, that whole the whole part with lovitz let's just say lovitz <laughs> lovitz <laughs> uh the tryouts Yep. And that right. kind of culminates with the Shirley Baker not being able to read, mm-hmm. which I thought that was really cool. If actually. you don't get choked up at that, you you got a fucking yeah. coldest, heartless <laughs> fucking person. Right. Uh, the black and white promo video where it's when they're kind of showing all the players. Mm-hmm. Marla Hooch, what a hitter! What a hitter! <laughs> what a team! Yeah, I loved how they. they Everybody else was a close-up, and Marla she's just all the way. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like the line from Tootsie. I'd like to make her look a little more attractive. How yeah. far can you pull back? <laughs> How about Cleveland? Well, that was that was Charm School. What <laughs> yeah. do you suggest? A lot of a night lot games. Of night. <laughs> uh, Jimmy and Dottie giving signs to Marla. Jimmy finally wakes up. Yep, yep, I had that one. Yep, that was good. The no crying in baseball scene. Of course, the first one, the whole one for the whole one. But the whole, like the, the, the interaction with Jimmy and Evelyn. And then, and then the umpire after yeah. that, like the whole thing. I, yeah, I think Gina Davis alone crying on her bed after she was that close to finding out that her husband was killed before Bill Pullman walks in with the oh, that's a good crutch, scene. right? I, 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 it, he could have been left out of that scene. It could have just been that scene, yep. right? Uh, he, he, she didn't need a man to save her. It could have just been that, and which... And the whole buildup too, with the, with the courier, and he's the, fumbling with, around with everything, can't the find the name. Right. And he just throws him out of the room, and which was a big turning point for Hanks's character too, for Jimmy to to, to care, yeah, to care, and now uh, take on the role as 
real leader and protector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, kind of like a father figure. Yeah. Yep. I also had the there's a really good montage of just as the crowd is grows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought yep. that was pretty that was pretty well done. It, it's a really good way to tell a story of basically like it's called fifty cut really short cut scenes to all of a sudden the, the stand like they're empty and now the stands are full. Right. And it was, right. was kind of like all the little different that? all the little different things that they did that that well that Ira did to like yeah. kind of build the brand. I mean, right. they could have added. Another twenty minutes. This movie easily with that mm-hmm. issue, with that challenge, right? Totally. But they just they made the choice of we don't need to do that. That's not the point of the story. No, the point of the story is about the sisters and you the know, point is is, is that is that people did warm up to them and that they did start playing in front of full stadiums. Right. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I, I was just. I think we're going to talk about it later. Pass. I've got I've got the final game. This the entire final game. Yep. Yeah. Is a pretty great series of scenes. And then finally, just the Hall of Fame <coughs> opening, kind of as they're all there, they're mm-hmm. meeting, you see each other for the first time, and then it ends with kind of the cutting of the ribbon by... Uh, and singing the song again. Singing the song again. Singing yeah. the song again that leads directly into the actual, uh, the actual real people playing, playing a game. In and the they, credits. Listen, they had some moves, right? I mean, they were, they were doing well. I mean, a lot of them are probably at that point 70, 80, and yeah. they're freaking... They're coming around they're and they're knocking it. Right? <laughs> they're still going strong. I was yeah. like, shit. One, one, one woman's sliding into like home. Like they're not fucking around. Yeah. So favorite scene. Brian, you want to go first? Or or group of scenes. So there was there was one that. There oh was, yeah, I forgot that I did I miss any. Um, I liked the charm school scene. That was a good scene. And then yeah. the suds bucket. Mm-hmm. That whole sequence, and then Jimmy and Ira, after the first game. Like yeah. that, that yeah. back and forth and that interaction. I, I like think that the, one too. I think we're missing one that could actually be my favorite scene is just, and it's it's a very cliched trope of, of I promise he'll be an absolute angel. Cut to the bus, him screaming up and down, beating everybody in the head with the flags oh, as yeah, he runs up. Oh, still well, still, still, still well. well. <clears throat> yeah. Have another chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah. Still no, that's, and that's, so yeah. that's, and so, that's funny I mean, because in that, Two of the quotes, yeah, are from that sequence. The bus that, driver that, that, that quits. I that I pointed out. Yeah, the bus driver quits. Yeah. And like everything. No, that's a good call out. Yeah. So right. I, I think that might be my favorite scene, just because we've all been on a bus or a plane with that kid. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and and I pray to God that that won't be my kid one day. <laughs> <laughs> it will at some point, I, and that's the worst. I know. I know. And I'll just look at everybody and just shrug. Yeah. What do you got, Lambert? I don't know. I mean, there's, God, there's so many. There's so many. I will. Uh, I'll have to go with Jimmy and Evelyn, and then the umpire. Mm. Like that. That sequence. That's a really good one. That's a. That's there. There's a lot of good sequences, but I'm just gonna shoot from the hip and say that one. I like the entire part with um, John Lovitz. That's my that's my favorite yeah, part. That every was John also, Lovett scene also in, a good choice. Montage, just, yeah. just the part I, I, the, the, I found basically myself, the first twenty minutes of the movie. I found myself <laughs> just laughing out loud to every yeah. little quip he's got, and we're gonna save that for the best quotes of the film because he, like he has a lot he's of them. He's got a lot of them. Yeah, I, I, a, lot I found of, a lot of good one-liners in this are. movie. But, but there his interaction, so it's so, so likable. Cringe-worthy moments with the, the like because my daughter was watching it really for the first time that it w- it was like. Oh God! I'm gonna have to hear about this later, right? Well, my, like my the, the ugly shaming and stuff like that. Well, and my <laughs> wife told the story about how, and this apologies, this is a quote, but he but he says later on, like I'm gonna, 
I gotta go home. Give, give, give the wife a little, a little pickle, pickle tickle. tickle. <laughs> she said she used to say that, like in regular conversation, not knowing what the hell it meant. Oh, like did not because I mean she she watched this before she was even ten, so right. It's just part of like just oh dry your eye. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next, all right. So we got a couple. I mean, amazing. But I think we can agree. Like it, this is a this is a quick hitter. Every yeah. scene, scene after scene after scene. Yep. There's very very few lulls. Mm-hmm. Next category, we've got the Heath Ledger Award for Scene Stealing. So who steals the scene? So I've got three nominees. You guys may have more. I've got Tom Hanks. I've got Gina Davis. And I've got John Lovitz. I wrote down one name. Okay. <laughs> John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Do you got any more additions? Or? Except that I agree, I agree on Hanks. He's the star of those scenes. But it's, it's right? hard um, to say like he's stealing a scene because he's... He's top build. He's he's one of the main characters, right. even though it's again not the not of the not the point of the movie, but still a main character in the movie. So it's kind of hard to say that he's stealing scenes. But mm-hmm. I wrote down John Lovitz, and that was the end of my list. I did too, and I added those yeah. two after the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. yeah I mean, that's all right, pretty it's, obvious. It's got to be got to be John Lovitz. All right, next category: Peak of the Mountain. So let's start with Penny Marshall as a director. This is a director, not not as in entertainment. Because I think that there's just it's too many generational differences. We we can't really go down that 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 path. I think, but we can talk about films that she's directed. So we've got this is in order. So in '88 she does Big, in '90 she does Awakenings, '92 League of Their Own, '94 Renaissance Man, who I do think is a I do think it's a really underrated film. I say that a lot, but I I, I think Danny DeVito is great in it. The Preacher's Wife is in '96, and then Riding in Cars with Boys is in 2001. So what's her peak? Bigger this. Yep. Yeah, I kind of think p- big allows her to do all their other things that she does the rest of her career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's got I me. Mean, I think it's got to be big. Yeah. You could argue maybe this one, but big I think that without big, she doesn't she doesn't cast Tom never, Hanks as a yeah. secondary category or c- character. Right. right. She would have never gotten this movie if it weren't for big. Right. She would have never gotten the opportunity to direct this film. Totally agree. Gina Davis. I don't think we spend enough time talking about her. So I kind of pulled out three movies that I think are her peak, but you guys maybe have more. Thelma and Louise is 91. A League of Their Own is this is in 92. And then Hero is in also 92. That's with Dustin Hoffman. I have never seen that. that. I remember that one. Yep. I don't, I don't yeah. remember it's that It's about one. a plane, and he's like a homeless guy. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. So do anybody have any other nominations for, like, Gina Davis peaks? I, I kind of think it I, – I really think it kind of has to be this, quite yeah, frankly. But this. I, mean, I can't I'll, think of anything else that – that I would even begin to, because then she got a little Hollywood and we're going to make that pirate movie. And yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat Island. Yeah. Okay. Cutthroat Island. And then <laughs> the one that I, the, the long kiss goodnight with Samuel Jackson. Oh in yeah. Six. And then, well, before this Beetlejuice in 88. Yeah. Beetlejuice is pretty good. I think that's, that gets her, I think that, that gets her Thelma and Louise. Mm-hmm. And then I think from Thelma and Louise and maybe League of Their Own, she can kind of do whatever the hell she wants. Right, which was her downfall. Which she was right. which 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 was Cutthroat Island. Yeah. Somebody should have kept her in the box. I would probably say this. I think yeah. we go. All right, go with this. Yeah, got to talk Tom Hanks, and I'm sure we've done this before on a previous podcast, but our answer seems to change depending on the mood we're in. So let's rattle off some films. I, I I'm kind of intentionally sticking to like late '80s, early '90s. Okay. I, I think that throw a few more nominees in there if you want, but I think running through this freaking gauntlet of films right. in six years, or let's call it six years, yeah, seven years. So he does The Burbs in 89, <laughs> Turner and Hooch in 89, mm. 
Joe versus the Volcano in 89. Bond for the Vanities in 90. This in 92. Sleepless in Seattle in 92. And now he becomes the best actor of our time. Just Forrest Gump in 94. Philadelphia 93. Forrest Gump in 94. Apollo 13 94. Toy Story 95. And that thing you do 95. So again, I, we could talk about things he's done in the 2000s since then. Yeah. But I think that his peak is definitely in this six year range. I, I think it's got to be. It's got to be Philadelphia to me, right? A better performance, a non. Um, Non Tom Hanks role, a non Jimmy Stewart role, as so many of the roles that he takes on are, he's the Jimmy Stewart of our day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's he's universally beloved, and in Philadelphia he took the risk to do something. He lost that weight, which was gave him diabetes essentially, um, or helped to give him diabetes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so I think Philadelphia is his acting peak. Yeah. I think Forrest Gump is his like cultural peak. Certainly. And yes. I think that Toy Story is when his family and generations af- after never have to work again. Right. <laughs> That's generational wealth. <laughs> That's Toy generational Story. wealth. But it's also generations of entertainment. Now, I mean, I think of the generations of children that are always going to be entertained like. by Toy Story. Yeah. I, I, it, he's put out some pretty good movies since then that I mean, have added Private to Ryan that well, the bridge uh, catch me if you can into again like, we're getting into the 2000s you can so go into the 2000s I, 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 I didn't I didn't want to make a list of 75 things because it's right. a fucking long you list you, right. of you, Tom Hanks you can't do that but like yeah he's put out this guy puts out a lot of good movies he does know. okay well I think we can agree it, let's just go ahead and let's just pick a year let's call it 94 and it's kind of ends yeah. with it, it goes from Philadelphia into Forrest into Gump, Forrest and, Gump yeah. and Toy Story. Like it's sa- like ninety four is sandwiched in between all of those. Yeah. That's yep. the peak. I think we've said that before, so I think we're still we're sticking with it. The last peak I have, and, and if you guys have other suggestions here, let me know. Baseball movies. What's the peak for baseball movies? Major League. It's a good one. Bull Durham. Yeah, I actually think it's this, and I'll tell you why. Oh, so. This movie grossed $107.5 million at the box office. It's the only baseball film to pass $100 million. It actually makes it the uh, highest grossing film in the subgenre of like sports movies. And it actually beat out Chadwick Boseman's 42 and Brad Pitt's Moneyball that, are, that kind of made runs at it recently. Mm-hmm. So I think from a box office perspective, this is the peak. I also kind of, I, I, I'm just kind of arguing my point. I also kind of think like if you think about uh, appealing to all genders, I think that this one definitely let me put it this way if you were to go ask i'll just use my wife as an example because I, we talk a lot about movies she's not going to be able to give me breakdowns of major league and of bull durham and right of, but she can fucking line for line talk about a league of their own and, and i think a lot of people like her age and you know i think they yeah. relate more to this movie i don't uh i don't quote this movie as much because this was the first time i've sat down and watched it for a long time and I was surprised to realize how quotable it was. And I think oh, that that totally could just quotable. be yeah. the a little bit of institutional misogyny that may be there yeah. in the world. Uh, that that you know, this movie's not played as much as Bull Durham or as Major League. I and or don't as, get me wrong. I saw a Major or as, League or as The Natural or yeah. as Field of Dreams. Yeah, right. and I've I've seen. Major or, League or, or probably the, more than any of or those. Or even the Sandlot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I've never seen that movie. Oh my god, you need to see that movie. I don't know. It's a great. It's a great. Oh, you're killing me, Smalls. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so we've been we've been kind of dancing around it. Next category is the Quilt the Raven Award. Favorite quotes. I've already no. There's no crying in baseball. I'm I'm just taking that one right now before we take turns. Right. But just so you know, this was voted number fifty four. Um, by the American Film Institute out of 100 as, as, as movies quote, like the quotes in film, number 54 of all time. That's, that's kind of crazy, personally. That is pretty crazy. All right, so well, let's, ta- let's take turns. Lambert, you got a quote? A couple quotes? <laughs> There's so many. Jeez. So, Lovitz on the train. You know, if I had your job, I'd kill myself. <laughs> Sit here, I'll see if I could dig up a pistol. <laughs> Uh, we could do all the Ernie ones right now. We, we could. Are you coming? See how it works. Is the train moves, not the station. <laughs> Did you promise the cows you'd write? <laughs> He's such a dick. Uh, yeah, he is. And here's here's the one I was talking about earlier. Yeah, I'm just gonna go home, grab a shower and a shave, give the wife a little pickle tickle, let him on my way. <laughs> and that's just you know, you know General Omar Bradley. Well, there's too strong resemblance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I texted mine last night because I knew I'd forget. But uh, uh, dear God, I'd like to thank you for that waitress in South Bend. Oh, you cool. know who she is. She kept calling she your kept name. Kept calling your name. Good old, good old Tom Hanks. All right. Well, yeah. so what what else we got from uh, Jimmy Dugan? He's he's got a couple different ones. <laughs> so in your in your montage with the um with Stillwell. With Stillwell, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I loved you in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, well, we're talking about it's, there's no crying, and that leads into the umpire coming over mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, basically talk him off the ledge. And he says, "Has anyone ever told you you look like a penis with that little hat on?" <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is, he's like, "You're out." He goes, "No, no, you misunderstood. You misunderstood." Jimmy Dugan's got a couple good ones. Uh, the one with Ira. Yes. When Ira comes down and says, great game, Jimmy. I especially like the move in the seventh inning when you scratch your balls for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and he say, he comes back with, well, well, anything worth doing is worth doing right. <laughs> <laughs> if I paid you more money, do you think you could? <laughs> yeah, I could really use the money. Yeah. I could if, certainly if use I, the money. Yeah. If we paid you a little more, Jimmy, could, do you think you could be just a little more disgusting? Well, I could certainly use the money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we already said the Marla Hooch, what a hitter. <laughs> Dozens of people are waiting for the game to start. <laughs> we we got to say Madonna's. Madonna says at yeah. some point, uh, what if sometime in the game I, my shirt pops out, my bosoms pop out or something like that? Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. Rosie, Rosie says, you think there's a, there's a man in the U.S. hasn't seen your bosom or yeah. something like that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we can agree. And, Brian, you said it really well. Like, upon the rewatch, it, this is so such quotable. Eminently movie. quotable. It just yeah. keeps going. Like that, I actually, I had to stop myself because I, like, I can't write down every single quote. That's that lump phone. that's three feet above your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Any more? Uh, it, too many more, but I need to watch it like six more times mm-hmm. for them to set in. All right. So next category, well, we got some nerd facts. Oh, wait, wait. I have oh, one, you more. Got one more. I have okay, one more. It, it was a little subtle. It, it was when so Mr. Harvey was offering Jimmy the job. And he was talking about it. it's like, well, I hurt my knee. It's like you fell out of a window. It's like there was a fire. It's like which you started, which I had to pay for it. And then he says, well, now I was gonna, I was gonna send you a thank you card, Mr. Harvey, but that wasn't allowed anything to sharp to write with. Yeah. <laughs> I also like the I quit drinking. <laughs> I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford <laughs> it. All right. Well, yeah, amazing quotes. Nerd facts. So just some fun things about 
this film, uh, first off, all the play in the film was real. And actually, there were a lot of tryouts that were done, and many of the actresses were not picked unless they could throw the ball, catch the ball, actually play the game. So that kind of cut a lot of people out. Definitely the extras, or I don't even say extras, but like the additional players aren't the main characters. Mm -hmm. But baseballs weren't actually used. Baseballs were, but they had soft centers. And it, this had nothing to do with the actresses, which is a really important distinction. It wasn't because they couldn't or didn't want to use real baseballs. It was because if they were hitting balls and they were flying at camera people, someone was going to get hurt. Right. right. So they had to change it around so that insurance. all the other people, it was totally because of insurance. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, directi- director Penny Marshall cast her daughter, Tracy Reiner, as Betty Spaghetti and her brother, Gary Marshall, as Walter Harvey. Gary was cast at the last minute because Penny couldn't afford her original choice for the part, Christopher Walken. I would I, that would have been. I'm trying to think. I've, when I read this, and I was like, I got to put that on there because I, I want to like think about what what's, what is Walken like. With what's funny is that Christopher Walken has been quoted as saying that he'll show up to do anything for a hundred thousand dollars. Well, apparently I, they weren't. Gonna I pay think him. in the early '90s he he maybe wanted more. Yeah, maybe <laughs> he might have. <laughs> well, yeah. She also cast her niece, Kathleen Marshall, Gary's daughter, as Mumbles, uh, the outfielder. Mumbles Brockman in the outfield. Nice. Uh, many of the injuries and bruises in the film were real injuries that the actresses received during filming. Boy, that skid mark. Mm-hmm. That looked real and brutal. The strawberry bruise, Renee Coleman, uh, she played Alice Gaspers, refused on her, uh, received on her thigh while sliding on a base, remained for over a year. Yeah, yeah I think so we've it all lo- had It looked one real because it was real. <laughs> yeah, we've all had one of those, right? Yeah. I got one on my knee right now. My cat tried to kill me. Yeah. Uh, so for the famous split catch, Gina Davis had uh, actually had to have a stunt double slide into the split. And al- although Davis could do the splits, she couldn't slide into it. I mean, that's a real skill to be learned. Not just doing the splits, but it's pretty incredible. Not even Tom Hanks knew when he was going to be done peeing. (laughs) Penny Marshall was in a stall with a hose and a bucket making that noise. (laughs) I've actually peed that long. I think we all have. Yeah. Okay, so what's what's the best scene, peak of the mountain for peeing scenes? Austin Powers. Yeah. Oh, there's one more. Naked Gun. Oh, yeah. I think Austin Powers probably does win. I think Austin Powers does win. Yeah. But these three are all great. Those three are all great. <laughs> all good. Uh, John Lovitz had a more substantial role in the film's initial cut during the extensive post-production editing and screening process. The filmmakers used only his meanest comments and most obvious punchlines and found that the audience was roaring with laughter at everything he said. They decided to focus on those moments, cut out the extraneous material, and ended up with one of the most popular elements of the final film. Good call. Apparently, he was also basically the comic relief behind the scenes. Like, but in between cuts, he was just over there schmoozing with everyone and cracking everyone up. To where I think, I think there's a story, there's an article that Penny Marshall had to tell him to stop so they could actually like get people in like the right state of mind to film. Well, we talked about it earlier that that, God, I wish there was more John Lovitz. That's exactly what you want when you make a film like that. It's like I want you want if I'm in that character, leave the audience wanting more. I want a spinoff. They're doing a. We'll we'll get that in a minute, but I do think a good spinoff idea is, is nothing but about like that character. Yeah. But, yeah, but recruiting not just for the the women's baseball league, but now like right. later on for the for men professional men's for, league. Yeah, for everybody. I'd, wa- I'd watch that show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so talking about casting, Demi Moore was actually Penny's Penny Marshall's first choice Ooh. to play uh, to play Lottie, but um, she got pregnant or Dottie, but she got pregnant and couldn't go through with the tryouts. Mm. 
coming. Madonna was at the height of her music career and was trying to establish herself as an actress when she landed the role of May, but not everyone was thrilled. Deborah Winger was cast as Dottie before Gina Davis. Deborah accused Penny of making an Elvis film and withdrew from the movie despite spending three months training with the Chicago Cubs. And that's why Deborah Winger. Yeah, Deborah Winger. <laughs> has not worked much. No. Nope. Uh, so, yeah, so which leads into Gina Davis joining the production as a late replacement for Deborah Winger a few days before filming was due to start. Uh, Moira Kelly, though, was uh, slated to play Kit. Moira's chances were busted when she broke her foot during the production for the ice skating film, <laughs> The Cutting Edge. That, oh, Moira. She uh, would have been good in this Let me role. ask you, let me ask you, do you like Kit more if it's Moira Kelly? I tell you, I, I do. <laughs> Uh, I, I probably I, I I probably do as well. I think I like somebody other than Lori Petty. Okay, fair in enough. that role. We're gonna t- we got a lot to talk about with Kit. I got a whole thing. Uh, okay, it's diff- so Tom. Actually, Tom Hanks wasn't the first choice. Uh, originally, production was for all for Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi. Really? No, no. That's no, a skinny '90s Jim Belushi. That, mm-hmm. Does that change? Yeah, it? it doesn't no, matter. It doesn't it's matter. Red Heat Jim Belushi, and it still doesn't matter. Even though that well, was 88, so I think. I, speaking of the skinny, Tom Hanks actually gained 30 pounds in prep for the role. And he, he says it was all because of his nearby Dairy Queen. And uh, Penny Marshall just kept saying, keep eating, keep eating. Well, whereas, and going back to like this, you know, the sexism, Rosie was basically told to eat as little as possible. Alleg- I can see allegedly. That. Studio wanted Jimmy and Dottie to get together. There was even a kiss at one point, but Penny Marshall didn't want to distract audience with audiences with a love story, so it was cut. I agree with that. She was a married woman. So yeah. let me, I'm going to say this one real quick because it's interesting. Um, so the older version of Gina Davis, it's not Gina Davis, even though a lot of people Correct. have said it is, but they had to dub her voice over like in post-production. So it's actually her talking. At the end, the, if you watch it really closely, the actress, there's a couple parts where it doesn't perfectly line up. Right. So she's saying the words when Gina Davis dubbed over the voice after hmm. the fact. Hmm. Yeah, and, and that's uh, amazing casting. Oh, yeah. yeah. All, all of the older All of the older people characters. were just amazing yeah. casting. I mean, May's got the hair. Yeah. Uh, even Kit looks just like her. Yep. Yeah, it was great. Uh, in in 2012, uh, long overdue, the film was selected by the U.S. Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry archives. Uh, it, it, this is this is one that has not only significance in the film world as far as a very good film. I think it has significance uh, for our country as far as uh, women's rights are concerned and and how historically significant the subject matter is. Uh, in addition to the quality and the the um, popularity of the film. Mm-hmm. All right, so our second to last category, the inner nerd thoughts. So did we learn anything, or what, what things are still uh, <laughs> in our heads we need to have answered immediately? Uh, so I've got a couple. Why did Marla have to get married halfway through the season? I, I think that's really stupid. It was one of those that... It didn't really make sense and that she left, but it would seem like maybe that's something of the time where, okay, uh, a woman would get married and then, all right, don't have to do this anymore. Or their husband comes home, I'm done. Or, or she'll be back. Yeah, she said she'd be back next season. She said yeah. she'll be back next season, but it, that would that would just finish the season. I don't understand. The honeymoon. 
go to the honeymoon and come back and finish the fucking race. You're getting uh, close yeah. to the Because she never man. thought that she would find someone because she uh, was a tomboy. Maybe she and then a, she yeah. found someone and then... But her boy, what's, what's his time. name? Uh, she's He's like obsessed with her. He could. Yeah. She could have said, I'm staying. We're p- I'm playing. You just she, carry she, my bags. Yeah, he'd have been you fine. You just come that. on the bus. Yeah. He's yeah. If she could, if she could, is if, his name Nelson? If, I think it's Nelson. Nelson. If she yeah. can bring her kid, I can bring my husband. Let's go. Come on, Nelson. Yeah. That pissed me off. All right. Still well can be there. Over under, how many times you guys cried? Let's do two. What? During this movie, did you guys not get choked up during no. this movie at all? Oh, I've I did. seen it too yeah, many times. It was, no. it was right at two. I so. actually don't get choked up in this movie ever, and I did like four times this last yeah. this last rewatch. I no, I did, I did twice. Yeah, I can tell you the times it happened for me. Nope. It was the, it was the God damn it. Uh, it was it was the part oh, where heartless bastard. where what's her name can't read. It was really. I can't. Yeah, that's that's a very emotional part. Are you kidding me? I, I don't. I don't disagree that it's emotional. I had a lot of sympathy for her. Uh, the the part, and maybe I don't. I don't. I'm just getting sentimental in my old age. But the part where the African American woman like chucks the ball. I don't know. It got me. I was like, I'm like, I don't know. I felt very. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. That was one of mine. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was See? that was like wow. See, how come she can't play? Yeah. I was like, st- stupid American, uh, or America. The telegram, uh, the telegram part, kind of okay. you know, the whole scene, the build up to it, and then the eventual, you know, handing off. And then that leads to Gina Davis, you know, crying. That was um, that was where I choked up, was just her. Yeah. That was a very good performance and, and just gut wrenching. Her sobbing. Yeah. Yep. And the other players also sobbing for whatever reason, whether they're sad for her or they're sad that they're maybe not. That they're elated that it wasn't for them. Like so many well, they're, range they're of either, emotions. They're either yeah. they're either happy that it, they they feel like shit because they're happy that it wasn't for them, but they're sad for their teammate, or they they're guilty em- about or it. they're empathizing because like someone like May doesn't have someone. Right. May right. and Rosie and some of the, and, Laura, and like all of them they don't have someone that's overseas, so they're looking at what someone's going through. Like, oh my god, I can't. I'm very happy that I don't have to go through that, but like I can't even imagine going through what she's going through right yeah, now. I think it's a combination of all of those, yep. right? It's a very complex emotion that mm-hmm. you, when you're friends with somebody, sisters with somebody, you love somebody, right? When they're going through that pain, you're going to feel a portion of that pain to try and take some of it, right? But then also there's the relief and everything else. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, the last part I had that was I thought pretty emotional was at the end during the Hall of Fame as they're walking through they're like stopping at certain parts and like Stillwell's there with picture of his mom and like it's all them like sitting in like the dug I don't know I just thought it was yeah the Stillwell part was yeah. uh, I got a little close on that well, yeah a little yeah. close Lambert you're fucking cold cold blooded cold blooded okay I, I got I got two more and we got here's 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 the big one that we keep talking about Kit I mean she's the fucking worst right. Can we agree? Couldn't stand it. I mean, fucking grow up. I've got a Jesus. list of all the reasons why, right? Quote, yeah. She's constantly pouting, acting Whiny. like a spoiled brat, blames everything on her sister. Right. Like, sorry that she's good at this and you don't sorry. listen to her and are. Sorry that yeah. she's better. She told you to lay off the high ones. Yeah, maybe you should have laid off the high ones. She's Shit. she's mad she gets taken five out. Five foot one. She'd be mad if she would have been mad. She gets mad she gets taken out. She would have been mad if. She, she gave up the, the game. head and ga- lost the game. Mm-hmm. She gets mad. She gets traded. She's constantly mad and fucking. I think the problem with the performance to me was that it was two emotions, right? She was either mad or she was happy. There was really, well, she was sad too, but that all 
was because of how angry she was. There was yeah. there was no range of emotion. There was nothing. It was just like a, a, she didn't know how to make the character three-dimensional. She was just the pouty little sister, and that's it. And it's like she read the treatment and not the rest of the script. Oh, you're talking about Lori Petty? Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree. I, I just think the character itself is fucking annoying. Maybe it was poorly written and there wasn't a lot to do with it. Yeah. Maybe it was edited poorly, but I think a lot of that... Maybe it was cast. The, the onus... Yeah, the onus falls on the actor to make that character, come up with a backstory, do your own thing, and, and come up, make your own arc. If there's not a character arc for you, make it up. Do the job. That's what your job is, is to be great. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of sympathy for her. And, that, and it actually kind of leads into like the, the, my, my, the major question of the movie, which I think is what pisses me off so much, is did Dottie lose it on purpose? What do we think? I think that they made it appear that she did. But it was more ambiguous when I watched it last night than it has ever been. Mm -hmm. I've always felt that she did, but last night I wasn't sure. Yeah, I think she did. I, I think she did too, and, and, it, and that just—I think it's because I hate kids so much. It actually pisses me off even more than she yeah. did. Because if you because if you weren't like well, acting like a such a spoiled little brat, your sister wouldn't have let you win, and they would have won. Maybe you know what I—I I think right. that maybe. So I guess she did the right thing. <laughs> no, she did not. I was feeling last night though that it was yeah, because I thought you were a ball player. Right, that whole I am a ball player. That's why I came back. I'm a ball player. That she wasn't going to quit. She was going to give it her all, and she just maybe it's that time she just got beat. Yeah, and she couldn't hang on to the ball. It happens. I mean, and you could argue like she's trying to tell her how to strike her out. She's saying just give her high one. She's just going to yeah. swing at him because she's an idiot, and then she hits it. And maybe there's a level of like she's like just so shocked and like yeah proud of her sister, but also like still still like shocked that she even did it, and then. I don't know. Or she's got the arrogance of the big sister that she's never going to take me out. She's not, I'm going to knock this bitch on her ass, and yeah. then she gets she taken her. out. Yeah. Gets her, gets her there. If there had been any kind of meaningful story arc with Kit, maybe we could go with that. But instead, we have to make it all about Gina Davis because that was the only real good performance. Well, I think the sad sisters. part is Gina Davis has a great story arc, especially yeah. if she does, in fact, let her win this game. It makes Kit have zero story arc and basically learns nothing from the entire experience except that being a spoiled brat is okay. Yeah. And that's that's what she learned. <laughs> right. Yeah, you'll you'll eventually I can, I can whine enough and eventually I'll just get my way. Yeah. Well good parenting. Still will. So do I think Dottie did it on purpose? I think she did, and that pisses me off. Okay. Final question of the day. Um, and this is basically just to kind of wrap it all up. We've got the Impact of the film. So this movie had a budget of $40 million, estimated. A gross worldwide of, and this is in the theaters, $132 million and some change, which is, that's a lot of money, nice. especially in 92, mm -hmm. especially <laughs> given what, it's it, what it is. And it inspired a 1993 one-season show and a new series that's coming out on Amazon Prime this year, actually. Oh, okay. it's, yeah. it's, it's like a reboot. Um. Yeah, so overall thought, and we already kind of talked about it going into the uh, the U.S. Library of Congress, which is incredible, and the quotes, and I think a lot of the careers that it's built and sustained. And, and it holds just, up. And just the impact of it society, does. it really does hold up, right? Mm -hmm. 30 years later. Yeah, it totally holds up. But, yeah. uh, but I think... I think a movie like this has a better chance to hold up because it's a period piece. 
It's already it's not, back in time. It's right. already back in time. It's not like watching The Matrix again and being like, this was cutting edge in yeah. 1999. Like, because it's period piece, you can't have... The, and we kind of alluded to this earlier, the, the cultural diversity that you would have if you were making a show that's not a period piece today, right, right. through the lens of 2022, you don't really have that option in a period piece. You can't, you, you can't cast too many uh, culturally diverse if that, if that's not yeah, if that's people. not quote the way it was then right. you can't like go off script because then you're just it's not believable right. right yeah it doesn't make sense if 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 Jimmy Dugan were a, a black manager that that just it just didn't it happen yeah it, it didn't yeah, happen that wouldn't have made any sense that time even yeah. men's baseball wasn't there yet and yeah so. it does a great job of making us look back and and recognize the ridiculousness of what was going on in society but also right. like looking mm-hmm. at the triumphs of in this instance like females yeah. exactly. in sports yeah yeah and it was pretty cool yeah so league cool. of their own 30 years it's crazy that's crazy all right wrap this up a little bit of nerd outreach first off our thank yous we got to thank our executive producer extraordinaire danny Bar productions the other justin behind the scene lambert you got some thank yous probably your wife and your kid well my my definitely well my wife who's yeah, and then my <laughs> my uh, my mother-in-law, mm. who's taking care of my my baby right now for the next few days. So yeah, definitely. Thanks, Mama Stone. Thanks, Mama Stone. I, I I'd like to thank my wife who texted in the middle of that and said, "Are you gonna need food when you get home?" That's a that's affirmative. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's a yes. I think my wife texted me, "What food, food am I bringing home?" That, to yeah. that, that, that is that is also true. <laughs> so, I'd like to thank my wife. Um, and I also want to thank, give a shout out to my brother and my parents and my sister-in-law for an awesome trip out to uh, Napa in Napa, Sonoma. San and Francisco. Yeah. My aunts and uncles and my cousin that got married and his wife, Lauren Gordon. Uh, just awesome trip out there. So love yeah. you guys. Yeah. We love our listeners. So please, uh, you know, share, rate, tell your friends. Get them to uh, check us out at Nerds New Cool. We can also, you can also always send in show suggestions to our email account, nerdsandnewcoolpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also our YouTube channel is popping with all of our nerd bites and our nerd takes. So check those out. And our next episode preview, we're bringing in Neighbor Dave back again and a couple other of his friends. Neighbor Dave. To do a little bit of a conversation about kind of piggybacking on on Stranger Things and the the impact that's made. But we're going to take a look at role-playing. And right. it's going to be super interesting because there's a really whole nother level of... of Nerd. Of nerdiness that uh, I think our listeners will really oh. appreciate. Okay, never mind. Nope, I went a different Get your head direction. out of the gutter there, yep. guy. Ro- totally ro- Role-playing <laughs> on board the board game one. Gotcha. They probably got a better name for it. We'll learn that in a couple weeks. So until then, thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye.